Five o'clock in Pirate Country and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. weeks ago we actually it was last week it wasn't a few weeks ago it was last week we had uh interim chancellor ron mitchelson on and i should have got you to pull this ben i also meant to go and grab the audio today but uh it, it slipped my mind where he basically said that he didn't want to bring student athletes back on campus until he could bring the student body as a whole back on campus so uh, today, CBS Sports is reporting that on a conference call with the College Football Playoff Management Committee, uh, Mike Pence, the vice president, was essentially told uh, that uh, if students aren't brought back to respective college campuses, then uh, they, they basically weren't interested in bringing college sports back until the students could return. Uh, Our players are students. If we're not in college, we're not having contests, said Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. Our message was we need to get universities and colleges back open, that we were educated, education-based programs, and we weren't going to have sports until we had something closer to normal college going on. Uh, In other reports, not uh, connected to this article, but uh, apparently Clemson has told some of the powers that be that, you know, not having football or having a football season is a a non-starter. So I'm I'm actually interested to, to see where this goes now. And I wonder, the conspiracy theorist in me, we're all full of conspiracy theories nowadays, aren't we? The conspiracy theorist wonders if there's uh, perhaps some being in cahoots among the so-called P5 to do something that uh, has been talked about on this show by Brett McMillan, that even Mike Houston 
yesterday acknowledged when he was on with us, and that is, could you see a group of schools led by the so-called P5 splitting off? Would the American be in that group? Uh, we all hope they would, but it's it's interesting business because you really can't, they can't hold, I understand there's a plan, oh, we would all play one another and not these other, but coaches aren't going to go along and want to be uh, playing. You you want, if you're, a, if you're a major college football coach, you want a game on there, you feel like your program in some cases could win. I, we'll call it a gimme. I mean, let's just not mince words here. You want a low a low FBS program. You you want that FCS program on there. And could the G five cooperate among themselves and say, "Hey, we're not going to take the money and play these guys if they're not going to include us in everything." Uh, so I, that that I find those comments interesting. Again, that's more of a conspiracy theory. But the story is the movement does appear to be that, at least from a college standpoint, college athletics won't be back until students return on campus. Uh, but they do believe that a really positive tone was struck with with the vice president in the call today. The other part of that could be, you know, perhaps these colleges and universities want to see things opened up because they want fans in the stands for these games. They have to have that as a mo- even the big schools and the conferences that get a lot of the TV money still rely very heavily on Ticket sales is a, a model for their athletic departments to have success. Uh, also today, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. You've seen Dr. Fauci, if you've been paying attention to the news, uh, I'm sure on uh, news interviews, but also in the press conferences that the president has every day. He did explain uh, yesterday that sports could return this summer under massive restrictions in empty stadiums. So there's a possibility that could be the case. Baseball in particular was mentioned, and the start of the NFL season could also be something that uh, could happen a little more quickly. Uh, so that was uh, those are some of the conflicting stories coming out today. Uh, Fauci talking, I think, a little more about pro sports, baseball, NFL uh, at all, but uh, the college commissioners uh, that are part of the playoff system, uh, that cartel are basically saying they're not interested in uh, in playing uh, unless students come back to campus. And again, that is at least consistent with what we were told last week by uh, Dr. Ron Mitchelson, that he really had no interest at that time of bringing just athletes back on without being able to bring back on the entire student body. So with that, you know, I, I do think that is interesting that that was something that the interim chancellor was talking about last week. But I, I think he, in that the course of that interview, acknowledged, and anybody you would talk to would acknowledge, things are so fluid that you really have to be able to pivot and you know have some wiggle room in your plans. Uh, those are... Uh, Again, a couple of big stories coming out today. Josh Hawkins, and a great job by our producer, Ben Byram. He's uh, tracked down Josh Hawkins, who's going to be with us coming up at the uh, bottom of the hour. Signed uh, out of the XFL today, back in the NFL, 
with the Atlanta Falcons. So we'll talk to him about uh, that, what he thinks uh, about that, and also a little bit about the XFL experience. You know, we talked to him a few weeks ago, a month or so ago, about the XFL experience, and he uh, told us quite a bit about how things were going. Everything at that point was going very well. And, uh, Ben, this is something that you probably will, uh, I think, uh, enjoy or, or be excited about. Yeah, he's a good guy. I like Josh Hawkins. I like watching him play on the Dallas Renegades for the XFL. No, I was going to say, the other thing I, I think you'll be excited about. Oh, okay. There's more. There's more. Okay. <laughs> but wait, there's more. I was actually looking at something that just popped up on my screen there. The other thing I think that you will be excited about, since the WWE who laid off a lot of members of their roster today, by the way. Since the WWE is considered essential now in the state of Florida, that means that that type of national entertainment can go on. And according to reports out there, that means that UFC could go on. So now that does probably change Dana White's thinking. He was trying to get Fight Island, but now there's a chance he could, if he could find a venue, and he doesn't really need that big of a venue, does he, Ben? Because... They're not going to have fans, so they don't need an arena. If they could find a setting that they could retrofit with what they would need as far as lights and all that go, and a, and a backstage area, dressing rooms and what have you, they could have uh, UFC events, one would think, right, in the state of Florida. That, that's how I've interpreted what has happened in the decision made by the governor there. I'm not sure where the uh, – I believe it's the, the tough – Tough, the ultimate fighter. I'm not sure where that location's located. I, I know it's somewhere kind of kind of like that, either California or Florida, but they can easily have events there in that little small octagon in their performance center. If they have or can obtain a, a center, rent a place, purchase a place, whatever, in Florida, it's my understanding they could hold events. So uh, that would be great. Uh, we've got a lot of NFL news. Mick Mixon is going to join us here in a couple of minutes. In fact, we got to grab a break here in a couple of minutes to get Mick on. Uh, bottom of the hour, Josh Hawkins will join us live. So we've got uh, a lot happening here today uh, on the Patrick Johnson Show. But we just wanted to give you the very latest as far as uh, a probable return of sports and, and college athletics. We actually have on our uh, Twitter page a new poll-up. Did you see this, Ben? I did. Everybody go vote. Yeah, uh, at 943thegame on Twitter, our new Twitter poll is up. Uh, Three-fourths of those are responding in a certain way. Uh, that poll is simply, should sports should come back? One option is ASAP. The other, only when fans can attend. 75% of those that have voted so far have voted ASAP. Only when fans can attend have garnered 25% of the votes thus far in that poll. So check that out at 943 The Game on uh, Twitter. You can vote there and uh, give us a like if you've not uh, done that as well or give us a follow if you have not already uh, there. We've also got our Instagram and Facebook and we're updating that with news consistently. Okay, a timeout. And uh, when we return, Voice of the Panthers, Mick Mixon, we'll catch up with him, ask him about the Christian McCaffrey deal, a little bit about uh, Cam's legacy and uh, what the Panthers maybe have in store for the draft. That's all ahead, plus Josh Hawkins later on on the Patrick Johnson Show. This is where the Pirates play. 94.3 The Game, your home for the best ECU game day coverage in all of the Pirate Nation.
Here we go. We're back. Back to the P-Man. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Always excited whenever we have our next guest on. He is the voice of the Carolina Panthers on radio. You hear him... uh, during the season on our sister station, 103.7 WTIV. Uh, he's Mick Mixon, voice of the Panthers, joining us here. Mick, hello, how are you? Oh, Patrick, I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Doing real well. What is? What are the day-to-day activities for one Mick Mixon nowadays? <laughs> uh, well, I get up in the morning early because I'm old, and I've become my father. So I get up at 5 a.m. with no alarm clock and look on the profootballtalk.com and some of the websites and try to see what's going on, stare out the window, wait for the sun to come up. And I'm hoping the sun will be rising over uh, the, the Matt Rule inaugural season with the Carolina Panthers here soon. But um, I just, man, like everybody, just kind of trying to socially distance and be patient. How, how about you? How are things in your world? We are good. We're uh, My wife and I are, are still, we're essential. So we're still working in our various vocations, and uh, hey, we, we I, look. The thing that that concerns me is, I'm sure it does you right now, Mick. There's some real people out there, uh, just really hurting right now by no doing of their own, and that to me is the most heartbreaking thing of any of this. I agree. It almost my wife and I were talking about this the other day. It seems like just sort of depending on the luck or unluck of of the draw that. On one side of the street, if you work at a grocery store or a health clinic or uh, a gas station, uh, a repair shop, an auto parts store, you're fine. But if you own a hair salon on the other side of the street, you're shut down. You have a lot of friends, I'm sure, in the restaurant business. Uh, I have a lot of friends that run restaurants uh, in town and around the state, and it's it's tough for those folks right now. It really is. Very few people have David Tepper or even NFL player or coach resources. But um, just with what little, you know, we just try to, my wife and I, the places we go where we get the drive through or the takeout, the restaurants that are still trying to stay open, we try to tip them a, a lot and, and thank them for, for their service. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll be, um, we'll be getting better soon. Hopefully the best is yet to be. Yeah. Hope so. Uh, the NFL is still operating as if it is uh, a normal sort of time. Now, they've made some adjustments. I think they've kind of come under some unfair criticism at times, but such is the environment we're in. The virtual drafts will be taking place. I know you were telling me when we talked a little earlier this morning that uh, your sort of resources as as to where the Panthers may go, you don't have that day-to-day interaction like you would have in a normal situation, but you have as good a handle on where this uh, franchise has needs right now, I think, is anybody who's not in that brain trust. Probably not specific names, but maybe some specific areas that the Panthers in a week and a half will try to be uh, uh, drafting to as far as needs, do you think? I think it's pretty well accepted that the Bengals will take Joe Burrow, the LSU QB, at number one. Hearing a lot of Redskins, Chase Young, um, it's just hard hard to get away from those stories because of how Closely, the Panthers are aligned with yeah. uh, Ron Rivera and Washington. You know, a lot of that news kind of trickles down to our building. Uh, other than that, it's been 
my sourcing has all dried up because we're not <laughs> even allowed to go into the office and I'm not allowed to kind of eavesdrop on conversations. Right. And, yeah. And uh, at the coffee machine say, hey, what do you guys think about Justin Herbert, the Oregon quarterback? I, I hear his draft stock is, is on the come. Or how about Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn? Or, you know, a lot of love for the, the Clemson, the ultra-athletic Clemson linebacker Isaiah Simmons. So I, I don't know. I, I think the Panthers look like anyway that we're in decent shape offensively with some of what we've done free agent wise in the off season, the Russell Okun for Trey Turner trade, mm-hmm. uh, uh, signing uh, the Robbie Anderson deal and then signing Teddy Bridgewater in particular. So if I had to guess, and I'm no, but I don't speak for the entire franchise as you know, Patrick, although there've been some Sundays where I thought that's not the worst idea I ever heard, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I'm thinking that, that, that we may be looking more defense if you just go need based and not yeah. best player available. That this may be a defensive heavy draft. We've got Mick Mixon on the line with us here, voice of the Carolina Panthers. He's been kind enough to give us a few minutes uh, here uh, on this uh, t- uh, what would be normally scheduled tax day. You could make an argument. We're going to get the CMC thing uh, in, in a moment, but you could uh, make an argument that offensively, the skill positions are maybe as good as they've been in the last decade as far as just across the board. Not to say that Steve Smith wasn't an all-timer, a Hall of Famer. Not to say that Greg Olson wasn't spectacular, that some of the running backs in their heyday uh, were not talented players. But I'm I'm just talking kind of across the board. Items on the offensive menu are about as consistent possibly, at least on paper, seemingly, as they've ever been. In other words, I don't think Cam Newton ever had this variety of 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 players that he could work with as far as a toolbox and tools for, for him at, at quarterback? I think particularly from a speed standpoint, from a foot speed standpoint, I would, I would agree with you. And I, I'm proud of the Carolina Panthers. I'm proud of my employer because we're doing what David Tepper and Matt Rule and Marty Herney said we're going to do. It's one thing to say, oh, yeah, we're going to just take this down to the studs. We're going to do a complete remodel. But it's hard to do it. It's hard to part company with iconic Panthers like Greg Olson, uh, high Q rating players like Gerald McCoy, Eric Reed, and of course Cam Newton. The um, but but to do it says we're serious. I mean, if anybody thinks that we're not serious about a reset, that may be it may be a little painful in terms of uh, building back. It's not probably going to be automatic. Uh, okay, hey. Everybody get your boxes of ticker tape ready because now we got Matt Rule. We're going to win uh, right away. We may, but it may be more of a process. But it's exciting. It's exciting to see this organization have the courage, have the temerity, have the vision, the commitment to it to to try to re, remake it. And and okay, let's be let's just let's work on our brand and let's try to put pieces in place where we can be sustainably good for years to come. Christian McCaffrey gets signed to a mega deal as we've got Mick Mixon on the line with us uh, here, voice of the Carolina Panthers. It's a deal that makes him the highest paid running back. To me, though, he's more dynamic than just a guy you hand it off to and he runs off tackle straight ahead. You can get him out in space. There's other things you can do. However, we know that production at that position, as time goes on, goes down. 
this has been some red meat for some of the pundits out there. What would be the thoughts from you as far as this Christian McCaffrey deal and why it was and is the right deal for this team right now? Well said. I could say it differently, but not as articulately oh, come on, as Mick. you just said. Come on, Mick. <laughs> I want to take you somewhere. I want to take you to a hotel room this past season, and, it, and it'll be a small window, I think, Patrick, into Christian McCaffrey. So the Panthers are on the road getting ready to play an early season game, and we got uh, the breakfast table game day morning, and I don't normally sit with the players. I'll sit with the internet guys, and I sort, you sort of try to find your own space. I don't it's not. I don't just put my tray down with Luke Keekley and Cam Newton and Greg Olson and say, "Hey guys, y'all, are y'all playing cards here? How's it going?" <laughs> you know, you don't want to look like flounder off Animal House or something like that. <laughs> but I end up at a table with Chris Hogan, with Greg Olson, with Christian McCaffrey, with Eric Reed, with uh, Ian Thomas, uh, Ross Cockrell, and I'm just listening to this conversation. So a lot of the players starting to ask. Chris Hogan, who had been with New England, about Tom Brady. And Hogan's getting irritated. And he, Hogan, Chris Hogan finally says, look, I'm sick and tired of people asking me about Tom Brady. Don't ask me anything more about Tom Brady. Then all of a sudden, Christian McCaffrey, to my left, channels this the Matt Farley, or Chris Farley, rather, uh, awkward interview style and goes, uh, have you ever, like, Chris, have you ever, like, been over to his, like, house and stuff? <laughs> and have you ever, like, touched him or anything? <laughs> and I thought, nobody nuts. And I even said to him later, I said, Christian, I said, you're packing. You got a sense of humor. You got a pop you got pop culture references stored that nobody knows about. And you got it with your – he goes, don't tell – please, Mick, please don't tell anybody. So this is a private athlete, but – when, when the time comes, when the moment comes, he's very smart, he's very layered, he's very nuanced, and he's very sharp. And I say this to you because we've already started to see it. Christian McCaffrey is stepping up more. He realizes this is his moment in time. This is before the new contract. Now, this is toward the end of last season. He was more open in interviews, and he's one of the leaders. And I hate the cliches, but it's no stretch to say he's – He's, he, I think he's the new face of the Carolina Panthers from a locker room standpoint. A lot of great guys who were part of that uh, face of the franchise uh, no longer with the team, most notably uh, Cam Newton. When you look back at Cam Newton's legacy, Mick, and you've been there for the uh, vast majority of it uh, in Charlotte, what is the Newton legacy with the Panthers? Oh, his legacy is secure as, one of, uh, as the most exquisitely gifted dual-threat quarterbacks that's ever played professional football. His uh, his effervescent style. I'm the, I mean, to me, people say, well, what's your favorite, your best Cam Newton memory, all that. I don't really chronicle and catalog memories like that. But many times at FanFest, this glorified practice of pillow fight in early August where people just come to watch a team stretch, basically, and run some pass scale. There's 50, I'm sitting in the press box going, there's 50,000 people at this fan fest. And Cam Newton, let's just call it for what it is. Cam Newton is a big reason for that. CEOs, uh, uh, airline flight attendants, mechanics, uh, insurance adjusters, everybody, young, old, rich, poor, they want to come see this guy. 
so the, the impact that he had on our brand and the number of jerseys sold and the number of people all across the globe that got interested in, in Panther football just because of this athlete, I mean, who else could do something like that? It's a short list. Magic Johnson, Muhammad Ali, and there's very few that had the megawatt smile and, and the athletic chops to make all that happen. I'll give you a great example of that, Mick. I five-year-old nephew, he's got a Cam Newton jersey. And obviously at that level doesn't know a whole lot about football, but he, I think, is drawn to that, the image and the branding that is Cam Newton. You know, loves the jersey, always wears it. That's his, that's his play jersey. You know what I mean? So I think that's pretty pretty interesting. Uh, will Luke Keekley play again? Do you foresee this retirement holding? Oh, yeah, I don't think he'll – I think he, he's done. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back as a, I don't know what, a coach, mm-hmm. a scout, a front office, a broadcast person maybe. He's not done with football because he loves the game, but he's, he's put his shoulder pads and helmet on for the last time. About that, I'm confident. Hey, Mick, thanks a lot for the time here, and uh, enjoy uh, this period of time as best you can, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you when we return to a little normality here down the road. Normality. I can't wait. Yeah, it's underrated. I appreciate it. Mick Mixon, the one and only. There he goes. Voice of uh, your Carolina Panthers. Uh, hey, uh, we've got uh, Josh Hawkins coming up in just a few minutes. He signed today with the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, former ECU corner will be back in the NFL uh, or is back in the NFL whenever play resumes uh, there. And uh, I think that's a good thing. All right. uh, So we'll talk to uh, Josh Hawkins coming up in a little bit, friend of the show. Right now we uh, have Ben Byram here, an update on several things going on in the world of sports. Uh, He'll tell you more about the Hawkins signing and uh, more. Ben, take it away. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. East alum cornerback Josh Hawkins finds a new home in the NFL. He signs a deal with the Atlanta Falcons. Hawkins played in 32 games with three NFL teams before spending the 2020 season in the XFL with Dallas. The, the details of Hawkins' contract with the Falcons have not yet been disclosed. Hall of Fame defensive end Willie Davis, who thrived with the Green Bay Packers in the Vince Lombardi era, passed away at the age 85. Davis battled multiple health issues recently, and he was a part of a five championship teams, including the first two Super Bowls, and was enshrined in Canton in 1981. One member of the Los Angeles Chargers organization has tested positive for the coronavirus. Two others have shown symptoms. What has been re- released regarding the situation is that team owner Dean Spanos, general manager Tom Telesco, and head coach Anthony Lynn were not among the group to test positive or show symptoms. Dr. Anthony Fauci, one of the nation's top doctors in charge of leading the response to the coronavirus pandemic, said sports return without fans is within the realm of possibility. Fauci proposed an idea to have no outside entities come into the stadiums on game day and keeping the players isolated in hotels, well surveillance, and having the athletes receiving tests every week. 
The College Football Playoff Management Committee seems to have other plans in mind. They disagreed with Fauci and a conference call with Vice President Mike Pence designed to discuss the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on college athletics. Pence claims that one message was very clear, clear throughout the call. Commissioners are adamant that college football will not be back until fans are allowed back in stands. The College Football Playoff Management Committee includes commissioners from the Power Five and Group of Five, along with Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick. For your 94th of the game sports update, I'm Ben Byron. More from the Patrick Johnson Show with Josh Hawkins right after this quick timeout. Friend of the show. ECU football alum, XFL alum, back in the NFL, Josh Hawkins joins us on this, uh, is it Tuesday or Wednesday, Ben? Wednesday, isn't it? On this Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Josh, how are you, buddy? Congratulations. Signing with the Falcons today. We got him, Ben? Hey, Josh, you there? Yep. Hey, buddy. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for uh, doing this, and, and congratulations. Back uh, in the NFL, signing with the Falcons today. That's big. Thank you so much. So take us through a little bit of the journey here. XFL closes up things because of what uh, you know had happened with canceling the season. Uh, do you then automatically, you're a free agent in a sense, or what was? how did that process work to lead you to, to today? Uh, I guess you can say I was a free agent in a sense. Um, yeah, so that shut down, and uh, we had a couple of teams that was interested. And, you know, the Falcons, they were calling and very interested. I actually had um old coach, DB coach of mine that was with me in Green Bay, Joe Witt. He was, he's with the Falcons now, and he watched my tape. Showed it to the rest of the staff, and I actually don't know how that went down, but I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing it was a good, uh, it was some great tape. <laughs> it was some great tape. They liked it, and they were like, "Hey, let's bring him in." I think he can fit our scheme very well. So, you know, Atlanta is very much. Uh, I mean, their head coach is, is a defensive guy. Uh, they have really wanted to kind of remake uh, their defense based on on last year. Obviously, they have some great uh, offensive uh, weapons. Matt Ryan, uh, we all know, of course. Uh, there's an ECU alum on the offensive side of the uh, of the football uh, as well. So right. there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot that you can uh, you know that, that's Justin Hardy. But there's a lot you can you know obviously. Uh, bring to the table, I would think, because they they're they're going to put a lot of onus. It seems to me, everything I've read on the defense this year. Um, I feel like I bring that. Um, uh, I can bring some intensity to the defense. Uh, yeah, I'm very hands on, man to man type of guy. Uh, but any other scheme that you need me in, cover three, cover two, I can also play it. But I feel like man-to-man is one of my strengths. Josh, would you look at the XFL experience? What did that what, – what did you, could you take from that to apply it to whenever football is going to be played here in the, in the next few uh, weeks or months? 
um, thought that I did very well, even, you know, I thought my man-to-man skills and, of course, we all know how, you know, quick I am and uh, when it comes to ability, but I feel like my man-to-man was even better in the XFL. Um, not to say that those guys weren't, you know, it wasn't a, a great skill level as the NFL has, but, you know, there were some players up there, but I felt like my man-to-man was uh, top-notch up there when I was in Dallas. And I'm just going to bring that same uh, mindset that I had that, you know, nobody can catch a ball on me. And that's every game, every practice, I had that same mindset. Nobody can catch a ball on me. Even if I pass interference, as long as you don't catch it, I don't care. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, too. I mean, you're coming into this. You're a veteran guy. You've played, uh, uh, all, you know, two and a half dozen NFL games in your career. You've been a couple of places. So you really have seen a lot of things. It's not like they're getting a, a wet behind the ears young guy. I mean, one thing I think that this uh, speaks to is that you are a guy that has learned some tricks. Uh, you're a guy that can still play and you're a guy that has some, some experience. Thus you're a veteran. So, I mean, to me, it, it's a great pickup for Atlanta and, and you know, the, it, 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 there's a, in other words, the Falcons are getting a known quantity. It's not like they're drafting somebody in, on the defensive side of the ball. They have nothing but college film with you have NFL film, you have XFL film. And you, and as you said, when you talked to us earlier in the year, and even here today, you were probably playing some of your better football uh, for Dallas this year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, they're definitely getting uh, one of a kind. Um, <laughs> and a great, <laughs> a guy that can, you know, can play, um, not only just, you know, defense that they need me on special teams. Um, yeah. I'm a one hell of a, I'm one hell of a gunner. I mean, I have speed. I'm very quick. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just an all around athlete, honestly. And, um, I feel like this is going to be the perfect fit for me. We're excited to have Josh Hawkins uh, on with us. And we're excited that Josh is back in the NFL signing with the Falcons today. Did your agent or did the team give you any idea, you know, what the next step is? In other words, when will you hear something back as far as training camp? Uh, have you been given any kind of indication what may be going on here? And I realize this is all kind of fresh and it's just happened in the last little while here. But what's the indication you're getting as far as uh, any kind of uh, organized football soon? Uh, they just told me to sit tight and uh, they will let me know what's the next step. Gotcha. Where are you right now? North Carolina, Charlotte. Okay, so you're out in the Charlotte area. So not too far yep. from uh, from all. Atlanta. Uh, when you came back from Dallas, uh, you know, and, and again, I think the XFL for by and large feels people feel like they kind of handled this very well. The quality of the product was very good. Is it a thing where they reach out to the team as a whole? Does management reach out to you? Does the league reach out to you? How do you all learn that the season's not going to go on a few weeks ago? Uh, I felt like the league reached out and sent um sent the email out, and then of course you know okay. shoot social media social media told us before the <laughs> XFL told us. So you know how that is. Is that right? You know, yeah, social we're, media. We're, I, everybody saw it on social media first, though. I see. And I see, guess we're everybody finding, was just waiting on confirmation. We're finding out the same thing, you know, with the NCAA, the basketball tournament, the spring sports championship. A lot of athletes were finding out by social media. 
before, yeah, and even some coaches. How you find out they, anything these days? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Speaking of uh, social media, uh, at twenty-eight degrees, couple of e's, yeah. couple of s's in there is Josh Hawkins' social media there. So give uh, a friend of the show, Josh Hawkins, a uh, a follow uh, there. So Josh, what are you doing now? Because I mean, you were kind of in football shape, you know, playing. Kinda. Kinda. I'm still in shape. <laughs> you were well hang on. You were in football shape. I'm not gonna say kinda. You were in football shape. So how do you stay in that? I mean, you know, it's not like a guy that didn't play in the XFL and you all of a sudden have to really, really do a lot to get in football shape. So how do you maintain? That's a good question there. That's a great that's a great uh -huh. pivot host question there by yours truly. How do you maintain that shape? Because I mean that's a tough thing to do, I have to imagine. Uh what are you doing to stay at the top of your game? I'm still, uh, you know, every morning I do workouts, um, weight room, weight room workouts, speed, agility workouts. And then, uh, after that we go to the field and we do, you know, one-on-one -on -one workout, man to man workouts, uh, just feet work drills, uh, locating the football, tennis balls work. So I'm, uh, in great shape, probably some of the best shape I've honestly ever been in just because, uh, you know, I came from really, you know, uh, being cut from the Eagles, then mm -hmm. working out, working out, then going to the XFL during that, you know, that mini camp and camp in the season, then the season being over, then I went straight back to working out, working out. And then now, now we about to be back into a whole nother season. So, yeah. Um, and work I, out. I wasn't going to say kind of, but you are, you are in game shape. You're in game shape. Yes, um, sir, for sure. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. But uh, you know, I think that's that's the kind of an advantage you have is that you're there already, and you and it's a it's a deal of maintaining it and coming off of it. Uh, we've got Josh Hawkins with us here. Uh, the, the the situation getting cut for Philadelphia and the decision to go to the XFL. And we talked to you a little bit about this when we had you on. Uh, I think second or third week of the XFL season, you were saying your goal was to get back to an NFL franchise. So you've achieved that quite obviously. But, you know, I think a lot of guys, Josh, would have approached you know, the situation ending the way it did in Philly is, oh, no, what am I going to do? But it, you are a guy that's always kind of uh, rise to the occasion. It seems to me, again, you rise to the occasion. You came out, you took care of your business at the XFL, and look where you are. Is that an accurate assessment of, of kind of the Josh Hawkins story of the last year? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I feel like uh, at first I thought the, the XFL for me was a step back, but then as you know, practices are going on and um, the, their OTAs and their camp was going on. I'm just like, man, I'm getting so much better. My feet are, you know, my feet and my eyes are much better because as a DB, you know, you play with your feet and your hands and not too much with your eyes, you know, and I'm locating the ball better. So it honestly bettered me and better my craft. And it just, it, it was all coming together. And I was like, man, I, I needed this hawk right here when I was, you know, in the NFL. So I just told myself when I was out there, I was like, I'm going to, I got to carry this all back over. It, it hasn't left me and it won't. Uh, as far as, uh, playing games and the possibility of playing games without any fans in the stands, I mean, that might be, you know, what, what, uh, sports to resume will, will take. How do you feel about that? It'll be different. It'll be different, but, um, you know, it's just something that, we just have to adjust to the NFL's kicked around the idea of maybe going to a remote location. Although I think this may be a little more off the table, but 
they, they talked about going somewhere and housing all the players from the league. Would you want to, I guess if that's the only way you could play, that might be what you have to do. But how would you feel about that possibility of, you know, going to somewhere, uh, uh, an undisclosed or centralized location somewhere in the country and, and just playing NFL games in that setting? Is that something that you think would be uh, something that, that just to get back on the field, hey, not a bad idea, I'll do whatever it takes? Or does that kind of seem to you like, yeah, I don't know about that? Uh, I'm all about adjusting, so, you know, whatever uh, the good Lord has for all of us, we'll just have to adjust. Yeah, I got you. Uh, Hey, I appreciate you taking a few minutes with us here this afternoon. We're very happy for you. Congratulations, and uh, we're looking forward to when we get back to football following what you're doing with the uh, Falcons there. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you, Josh. Josh Hawkins signing with the Atlanta Falcons today. Great to have Mick Mixon on uh, a little earlier today. The The governor did speak earlier today as well. Uh, governor Cooper spoke, and uh, it does not look like that they are seriously considering any sort of uh, return to what we, as we mentioned with Mick Mixon, normality anytime soon. I had some notes from this. One thing that I found particularly interesting, a reporter asked if the governor would leave it up to the counties to, you know, reopen. In other words, there are counties and parts of the state even that just don't have a lot of cases. And the governor said essentially, no, is how he answered that question. And that they could, these counties could be more restrictive, but he would not leave it up to the counties to decide how they would uh, how they would open back. Uh, so, and there really wasn't a whole lot of anything substantive as far as a plan to open things back up. So that's kind of where we are with that at the moment. Uh, and there was another moment from this today too. This is a little bit of a, I don't know what you would call it. Uh, oh, a bad moment, a bad moment for a reporter. Uh, and, uh, the guy, uh, this was bad. I, this is, it was a hot mic situation. The guy had a problem getting his question out to the governor because they do these teleconferences and these teleconferences can be tough sometimes, but, uh, they do the teleconference and, uh, this is the, the guy, unfortunately for him, he worked with the TV station out. I, I don't know, out in the central part of the state or, or out West and, and kind of unleashed one of the seven bad words. Uh, here we go. Let's go ahead to Cole Del Charco from North Carolina Public Radio. What is wrong with our damn? <laughs> so they, the, they, they called on the guy. The guy so didn't say it. anything. <laughs> they called on the guy and the guy didn't say anything. And it, it, I didn't know if it sounded like maybe he had his phone on mute and he couldn't get it unmuted or maybe there was a problem with the equipment. And so they went ahead and moved on to the next because there was like a, a amount of time when they called on him and just, just silence. Long delay. Very long, long delay. delay. In the actual cut, there's a long delay. And so they called on the other reporter. That's what you heard at the beginning of that. So that was not the reporter they called on who decided to work blue. That was a reporter in some frustration. He somehow found his way back in. He just took over, took over that reporter's spot. Well, like, well, here's what it, the reporter, 
they were moving on and i guess the guy's phone started to work or his apparatus started to work and I guess he didn't know it was working he well yeah he, he he assumed it was not working so he assumed he could say what he wanted uh but that uh, that went across broadcast television uh, and i'm sure broadcast radio today had to issue an apology and everything uh, i think the some of the tv did yeah they did uh all right i'm looking at the sheet here ben that you sent over uh what is the press conference here explain what that is the russell uh okong press conference so as you know these new signees that the panthers are bringing in and whenever they sign them they set up an introductory press conference for all the media and for all like, the fans to get to know them like the governor a teleconference exactly right that's exactly. In this day and age of social distancing yep and uh russell okong did one and uh he made he made a statement that made a lot of headlines yesterday all right let's play it I, I don't really see us as, as re rebuilding in a sense. You know, I, 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 I remember watching, uh, I've been watching Teddy Bridgewater for years now. Um, and when he was with Minnesota, um, he, he did a great job with the ball and, and making plays. And even watching him uh, on cross film uh, last year with New Orleans, I mean, the guy can really sling it. You know, so, and, and I've made it really clear with the GMs. I'm not, I'm, I'm not here uh, to just rebuild. I'm here to win and to win right now. Like we don't, I don't come out there to waste any time, and and I think that's that's the expectation across the board. Uh, the time's always now um, uh, to go out there and compete and put our best effort on the field and, and to find our best. You know, so I'm not thinking rebuild at all. You know, I, I think if anything, uh, those that are being brought in are, are just gonna are just gonna make us make us better uh, into a, a, a more talented team. And uh, at the end of the day, we'll see how it is. All I know is history doesn't win games, you know, and uh, the work and preparation we do, uh, that'll do it. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, when we get back to playing, practicing, preparing, doing all that, we'll see how the season ends up. I, you know, I understand that's a competitive guy. That makes sense what he's saying there. I, I totally get that. But if you look at the history of Matt Rule, Matt Rule comes in, they tear it down to the studs and in year one it's not very good two and ten in his first year at temple one and eleven his first year at baylor now extraordinary circumstances there because temple had never had a whole lot of football tradition and he was having to totally establish the tradition there baylor was coming off of all the mess that they were dealing with art briles and again one and eleven uh i we've been wanting to get to this caroline uh coon uh cut from talk of the town uh, let's play the second one here. She is a representative on uh, the NCAA's, uh, what is it, competitive balance board or something like that? Yes. She represents the ACC, autonomy representative of the ACC. That's what it is. Uh, this is what she had to say about uh, fall sports being played in the spring uh, at a, that was discussed in a, in a teleconference or a meeting that that board had that she's a member of and of course she played volleyball jh rose is now uh at wake forest hit it logistically having another season in the fall just would not work and i mean because i know for a lot of schools that um might be d2 g3 like for example their soccer field might share space with their lacrosse team too so um and if you can't make it work for you know the lsu's the bamas the stanford's then you can't pass it for the entire ncaa just because it wouldn't be fair so while um i think having another season would be nice for all all the other athletes especially the ones who had their seasons canceled i just 
there's no way it's logistically possible. Yeah. Um, and I think that everybody is starting to see that. So it sounds like, based on what she's saying, it's got to be fall or bust for the fall sports, right? That's correct. Now, the only thing that they have taken off the table, and this is just a, a report that had just rolled in a few minutes ago, uh, they the the commissioners, based on their conversation with the vice president today, are would be open to playing in the spring, but no season. That is the non-starter. That is everything's on the table, but not having a season is nowhere near to being on the table. Hey, thanks to Josh Hawkins for being with us today. Congrats to him for signing with the Falcons, and uh, thanks to Mick Mixon for being with us. Uh, Brian Mole tomorrow, plus a lot more. For Ben Byram, I'm Patrick Johnson. Have a great evening. Stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.